Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's going on, everybody? Good morning and welcome to the AwesomeLead.com NBA Strategy Show presented by No House Advantage. I am your host, Dave Lochran, on Twitter at Lafay underscore D. That's L-O-U-G-H-Y underscore D. Joined by the number one DFS player ranked in the world, Alex Baker, at AwesomeODFS himself. Alex, three games, myriad injuries just across the board ton of guys out, ton of guys not expected to play, some of them questionable. We might only have three games, but we have a lot to talk about for these six teams. What's going on, man? What's up, man? Yeah, today we got all the injuries. Like, uh, And we found out yesterday that these injuries always lead to good fantasy performances with Carmel Anthony uh, killing it in the place of Robert Covington in the starting lineup. So looking forward to taking that logic and applying it to today. Just rostering everyone that is uh benefiting from an injury yeah can't miss that's what we <laughs> say <laughs> what do they say uh you can't lose playing nba dfs right that's right yeah not true used to be not true anymore i can assure you of that much we got three games though clippers at La- clippers hawks washington houston New York at Utah, all three of those tipping off the first one at 7.30 Eastern. Then you got an 8 and a 9 p.m. game. Um, only three on the slate, but it gets wild throughout the rest of the week. I think we have like 12 games tomorrow, 13 on Friday, something wild. I do not envy Al, uh, Adam Share having to write that deeper dive, which is entirely free at awesomeo.com. <laughs> Full out comprehensive game-by-game breakdowns every single day comes out every afternoon so i would highly suggest you check all of that out uh and before we get started you guys know the drill hit that thumbs up it helps us greatly and it is the easiest way the freest way to help support us here on the awesome youtube channel but more importantly subscribe to the channel we got about 600 to go before we reach the 50k mark it's been a strong push you guys have helped us get here and uh it's been amazing to see the growth of this channel over the past couple of years more importantly, in the last couple of months, we've really seen uh, a lot of growth. Thanks to all of your support coming back, watching us, joining the community, and hanging out with us every morning, afternoon, and evening. So 
Uh, thanks to all of you. And if you haven't subscribed yet, hit that subscribe button. If you hate it, we'll gladly refund your misery. Just click unsubscribe and erase us from your lives entirely. I don't think you'll want to, though. Anyway, it's time to jump into it, Alex. We've got the Clippers and the Hawks, first one on a docket today. And, uh, well, it's a, it's an ugly one for the Clippers, but DraftKings has decided, and I think this is a good move by them, to preemptively price up all of these guys that are the backups and the reserve options to Kawhi Leonard, to Paul George, to Patrick Beverly, all three of whom are sidelined today. Now, on FanDuel, uh, if you're talking about a Reggie Jackson, he's at $5,000. Luke Kennard is at $5,500. A few of these guys have not seen the same massive price increases that they did on DraftKings. But, yeah, three guys, three starters, their two best players sidelined today against the Hawks. Yeah, I mean, this one's crazy. Uh, I mean, that's about 100 minutes a game that's out between Paul George Kawhi Leonard and Patrick Beverly. So this is, uh, I mean, obviously the biggest injury news of the slate. Um, but the pricing makes it a little bit less appealing. Like, I don't know exactly what DraftKings was thinking by pricing up Reggie Jackson to be the most expensive player on the slate at 6,800. <laughs> Exaggerating a little bit, but... He's just not that good, and his position on the team isn't even that secure because Terrence Mann is a talented backup waiting in the wings. So um, he looks like one of the worst plays on the slate, even though Patrick Beverly is out. Um, The guys that I'm expecting to really benefit from this injury, I think Luke Kennard, whenever Paul George or Kawhi Leonard has been out, Luke Kennard has started and seen 30-plus minutes. And then, of course, we need two other guys to start. I think Reggie probably starts. Uh, and then I'm thinking Marcus Morris might slide in next to Nick Batum as the power forward today. So um, the other guy that I'm looking at benefiting is Lou Williams off the bench, who he, they're going to need his scoring potential. Uh, even though he's been pretty underutilized this year. So well, what are you expecting from the Clippers today? Uh, I think, first of all, I agree with you that they overcorrected. There's no doubt. Now, I'd rather have that than Reggie Jackson in, uh, at $3,000, uh, which is where he was, or $3,100 before this game. Last game, Reggie Jackson was $3,100. Um, Luke Kennard, who, as you pointed out, probably gets the nod in the starting five uh, and is going to see decent minutes was $3,800. There's no doubt been an overcorrection, but uh, if they were all base, uh, you know, bottom level salaries, then it would just make this slate. Uh, you'd see so much of the same, and, and and I don't like that either. But I think as I look at this, I'm, I'm willing to take a shot on, on the guys that haven't seen a massive increase in price uh, and are high usage guys when these players are off the floor. Now, Tyron Liu, has definitely limited uh, Lou Williams' minutes, especially after a return from that brief hiatus uh, on the 20th. He missed seven days. I think it was three games. But if Lou Williams plays 25 minutes, I would much rather have 25 minutes from Lou Williams at 5,800 than 30 minutes from Reggie Jackson at 6,800. And there's no guarantee that Reggie Jackson plays 30 minutes anyway. Since the start of last season, Lou Williams has a monster usage rate 
with George and Leonard off the floor, 34.7% in 818 minutes. And he has 1.34 fantasy points per minute with a 38% assist rate. So if I'm looking at anybody here thinking that they have the, the opportunity or the potential to break a slate, even with somewhat restricted minutes, I think Lou Williams is the guy. And I would also say that he has a higher floor today, just get based on the projected um, usage that you're going to see out of him. Uh, 5,800 for Lou Williams to me is more than reasonable. And I, I can't help but think that he will be 6,000 on, on Fandle, by the way. But I, I can't help but think that he's going to be more on their own than he would be if he was seeing even remotely consistent playing time. But it's been so erratic that – uh, we have him only at 21% on a three-game slate. Yeah, I, I, I think there's some concerns with Lou Williams. The minutes have been very disappointing whenever Kawhi and Paul George have missed. And um, I think that his usage and assist percentage this year has been is a little bit down. Uh, I mean, part of it could be due to the head coaching change with Tyron Lou uh, instead of Doc Rivers. But <clears throat> I think that could change today. What I'm projecting is that he'll go back to hit more like his 2020 numbers with the full season. And uh, that's kind of giving him a huge bump from this year's numbers already. Um, so I'm not expecting him to have that like 30 plus usage that he had last year. And the reason why is there are actually a lot of the guys on this team that that were higher usage guys before they came to the Clippers that have seen their usage drop. I mean, one guy that really stands out is Serge Ibaka, who, uh, I mean, whenever Kyle Lowry was out last year, he would just jack up crazy amounts of shots. So I don't have any worries that, like, the Clippers won't have anyone to shoot. And then Kennard as well, his usage last year in Detroit was 19%. This year is 15%. So um, Marcus Morris, another guy that came from Detroit and uh, has kind of had his role diminished in this offense. So I'm just kind of expecting all these guys to go back to their, their kind of uh, tendencies from former teams where they're just kind of like, the third scorer on the team, maybe. And there's plenty of uh, guys to take shots. Fair enough. I, I will play devil's advocate for a second, though. With Leonard and Paul George off the floor last season, Montrez Harrell had a 31% usage rate. So, you know, is, is Serge Ibaka likely going to be a higher usage player than, than those two? Sure. But 733 minutes for Harrell, pretty significant uh, sample size there. So if you, if you're using him as a proxy for Ibaka, I think you get close enough to where Lou Williams has only played 30 minutes without Leonard and Paul George this season. If you're getting an entire game without them, if you're getting potentially 25 minutes at 21% ownership, uh, I, I think I like that a little bit more than you do, just given the upside. Um, any other thoughts here? I guess we can talk about Ibaka too. I, I like Ibaka. Uh, I, I just don't know if he makes as big of an impact uh, on Lou Williams as we would think just because Harrell had such a high usage rate with those guys off the floor last season. But what are your thoughts on Ibaka? I, I'm kind of curious to see how the center rotation plays out and with the, the Clippers today, because I feel like with this particular lineup, Ibaka's skill set is much more suited to 
filling up this usage gap than Zubac. Uh, Zubac's usage this year has only been 14%. <clears throat> Ibaka has been at about 20%. And um, last year, Ibaka was more, uh, he was closer to 24%. So I feel like, I mean, the, the split has been about 28 to 20 for Ibaka and Zubac this year. And I'm kind of wondering if it will tilt more in Ibaka's favor given the injuries. But it's really hard to tell because Lou Williams off the bench most likely is going to be in that second unit. And he's going to be able to take a bunch of shots. I don't know if they'll really need Ibaka or a center to, to be jacking up shots. So I'm just really curious to see like what happens once this starting lineup leaves the court because... The bench is looking very weak today in the Clippers with uh, Zubats, Patterson, Mann, um, those guys, and Lou Will, of course. <clears throat> Zubats, Patterson, and Mann all are very low usage guys. So I'm like, these these bench minutes may be the most valuable of any minutes tonight. Yeah, it's certainly possible. Uh, and, and I look at Serge Ibaka, his playing time this season, he's only got four minutes with Leonard and George off the floor. I, I'm not factoring Patrick Beverly into, into any of this right now because he's just not a particularly high usage guy. Uh, he's not going to make a big difference. You know, defensively, it's a huge upgrade from Reggie Jackson and, and obviously a big downgrade today with Reggie Jackson projected to start. But as far as you know, ownership and usage goes, Reggie Jackson's you know probably going to – be more of an offensive uh, influence than, than, than Patrick Beverly is. But yeah, Baca's only played four minutes, 10 possessions without those guys on the floor this season. Uh, if he gets, you know, respectable minutes off the bench, and I assume that'll be the case, mind you, uh, Chris, uh, sorry, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are staggered enough to where uh, Serge Ibaka is, is not going to see any significant playing time without them. Then I think, uh, I, I think at this price, he's definitely viable. Now, the the big question is, and I'm sorry, uh, as a starter, not off the bench, did I, not off the bench, um, in the starting lineup. Because the starting lineup, I, I don't see a whole lot of usage going to anybody. Like Reggie Jackson, maybe a little. Like, how about this? What are you projecting the starting lineup to be? So my projected starting lineup is Jackson, Kennard, Batum, Marcus Morris, and Ibaka. Right. Um, if that is the case, Batum, super low usage player, Marcus Morris, you're not going to see a very high usage from him. Reggie Jackson, sure, maybe 20, 23%. Um, Luke Kennard, maybe around that same spot. How, how do we not expect Ibaka to, to lead the team in usage in the starting lineup by a wide margin? Maybe I'm wrong, but... Uh, he's a very, very polished offensive player that probably doesn't get the the recognition that he deserves for that. I, I think you could see a big game from him. So for me, uh, Lou Williams and Ibaka are the two guys th- that I like most today. And uh, obviously ownership plays a role here. Ibaka's ownership right now is at like 9% on a three-gamer. So in tournaments, I will be getting to some of that. At least I would assume so this morning. What about your top plays from the Clippers? So I think uh, Marcus Morris stands out as probably the best play to me because he's getting a huge minutes bump potentially. If he does start, we will know before locks to verify that. So last year he averaged about 31 minutes. This year with Batum on the team, 
he's averaged 22 coming off some injuries. But now that his playing time's cleared up, I'm expecting him to go back to that 31, which he, he does produce. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's pretty decently per minute. His usage this year has been 20, so that's certainly respectable. Um... And then we will – I think he's going to play a lot of minutes, so I have him at 30 right now. Um, but this year hasn't really been the case, so I'm, I'm going to have to really think about that one. I think he's a good play, though, just because we have this long history of him thriving with Paul George and Leonard out. And then Luke Kennard, uh, probably going to see a, a ton of minutes today. He's a guy that – they priced him up to 6K on DraftKings, so that's pretty high. But his usage with, uh, last year was about 19%, and he's a guy that can get some assists, which um, I assume they're going to they're gonna need some guys to dish out uh, assists today. So I think Kennard's okay. But, like, really, the they priced up a lot of these guys on DraftKings, so they're not top options for me aside from Morris. Yeah, R. Cathelza in chat says, Laffy Morris will be gunning. Look, I don't deny that at all. I think Morris is going to have ample opportunity to produce. I like Marcus Morris a lot. Uh, I was just speaking strictly from an ownership standpoint because right now we have Morris around 65% ownership, which at his price point I think is reasonable. But I, I also think you know if you're getting someone like Ibaka just because he's a little bit pricey and Lou Williams at markedly lower ownership – I'm willing to get to that too. Uh, Alex, let's talk about the other side of this game, the Atlanta Hawks. Trey Young is questionable, and that's a huge piece of news because Rajon Rondo is $4,200. In the event that we don't see Trey Young today, Rondo is going to be, my opinion, or my suspicion is neck and neck with with DeMarcus Cousins for the highest-owned player on the slate. Clint Capella, Danilo Gallinari, all of them questionable. That certainly throws a wrench into the works when we're trying to evaluate this team so early. Definitely, yeah. I mean, it's hard to know with Trey Young and Capella what's going to happen. I think that if they're both in, the whole team looks very overpriced. Uh, But once you take out Trey Young, I mean, he's probably one of the more impactful guys in the league because – is a really high usage and gets all the assists. So that would open the door to like Rondo really uh, being a slate breaker. So I, I think that um, I guess it's not even really worth breaking it down with Trey Young and Capella in because it probably won't be worth playing anyone. So maybe we just think about what will happen if they're out. All right. Yeah. Well, okay. So you say it's hard to play who if, if they're in, would you say it's hard to play? Did you say Trey Young too, if he's in? Yeah. I mean, Trey Young, um, well, to be fair, I suppose the Vegas lines will move a little bit. I think Trey Young would be the one guy that I'd feel confident in given the pricing. Um, but 
the rest of the team has kind of gotten this injury bump from Capella and Trey Young being out. And Capella himself is getting close to 10K, which is ridiculous. So I, I would just fade him at that point. Yeah, I, I absolutely would too. Uh, but as far as Trey Young goes, I think I would like him quite a bit. The The Clippers are allowing 109 points per 100 possessions, which is actually in the middle of the league this year. They're de- defensively, they've been in the middle of the league. Now take Kawhi Leonard off the floor, take Paul George off the floor, and, and very importantly, take Patrick Beverly off the floor and replace him with Reggie Jackson. Uh, I think I think Trey Young finds himself in a fantastic spot at 9,100 in the event that he plays. Now, he is not a particularly good three-point shooter, and I think sometimes that goes ignored. He's only shooting – he's 34% from three this year, which is way better than it was just a week or so ago. His last three games – uh, I think he's 13 for 22 from beyond the arc, which is a, a massive increase or improvement from what we were seeing earlier. But he's got a 33% usage rate, a 44% assist rate. The guy can rip off monster double-doubles. Uh, and against Atlanta or against the Clippers team that is massively shorthanded in the starting lineup and their backcourt defense is going to suffer considerably, uh, I, I think I, I think this is a, a more than reasonable price on Trey Young. And I also like just the seeing his last few games before he was sidelined, he, he really began to improve. The shot volume came up. Uh, it's only a small sample, but he needed to get some confidence back here. He's gotten to the line 12, 13, 19, and seven times over his last four games, double-digit assists in three of his last four. Uh, the big games, I think, are going to continue coming here. And while he faced Detroit, Minnesota, Minnesota, and Portland, obviously a really nice lineup of games, this Clippers team is not the same as they've been all season long due to the injuries. But um, I'm with you on Clint Capella. That is 9,400 is absurd. And I, I just, I don't know how much you can rely on five block shots every single game. Yeah, not very much. So uh, also <clears throat> one of the things I do is keep track of the block rates of all the players and the Clippers lineup today has a particularly low rate of being blocked so i just don't even think that is um really anything we can we can look at delshun says did he just say trey young can't shoot threes no i said trey young is a worse three-point shooter than people think he is that's just facts trey young is not a fantastic three-point shooter he just shoots a ton of them you say what you want but it's just it's the those are facts. It's not opinion. Those are facts. As a matter of fact, um, he's not that much better of a three-point shooter than Luca, and Luca's not that great of a three-point shooter. So you can check the numbers out for yourself. Luca's a 32% three-point shooter for his career. Trey's 34%. He's 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 okay, uh, but he's going to shoot him. So that's all that matters. What else do you think here? I, I, we don't need to talk about Rondo, right? If Trey Young is out. Like, just play Rondo at 4,200. He didn't have a good game last time out, but he played 30 minutes. Yeah, it was pretty evident in that game that Brandon Goodwin wouldn't be the primary recipient of these minutes from Trey Young. It would be Rondo. And we saw last year when LeBron was out, Rondo would go and play 30 minutes and absolutely have monster games. So I think that is the most reasonable expectation. And I think that. At his price, 4200 on DraftKings, 4800 on FanDuel. I agree that he's a smash play if Trey Young's out. What else are we doing here for the Atlanta Hawks? Uh, anything stand out to you? Do you look at 
um, Onyeka Okongwu as a possible option. He only played 16 minutes in the starting lineup last game, though, which was pretty disappointing. Yeah, we got kind of tricked into that one. Uh, when they said he was starting, I was expecting more minutes, but it wasn't the case. And I think that... He didn't even start the second half. Yeah. So I think what would happen is he might get the start, but then Camerata shot the bench will probably be in the closing lineup with Collins as center. Um, I think if Capella is out, then John Collins should get more minutes as center, and that will increase his rebounding. If Troy Young is out, Collins will be the primary scorer. Uh, so I think that would be huge. So John Collins could be a great play depending on how these injuries break out, or if everyone's in, I probably wouldn't play him. Yeah, if if these if if Capella and Trey Young are out. John Collins becomes a spectacular play. That game devolved into a blowout, and he still played 37 minutes. Uh, he got up 19 shots. Those are the type of numbers that that I'm look that that I'm trying to get to uh, for a mid 7K price point guy. Once again, without the Clippers, you know most of the Clippers' best defenders uh, off the floor uh, in that on the season without Trey Young and Clint Capella. Of course, we don't have a, a massive sample size, but without the two of them. You've gotten, where is it, from Collins, 96 minutes, 28.2% usage rate. Fantasy points per minute are at 1.18, and he's rebounding at a 16% total rebound rate. So uh, those are decent enough numbers at that price. Anything else from this game? Uh, No, I think we covered it pretty much. Uh, One guy I would have been interested in is Gallinari, but – the minutes off the bench or uh, last game were, were pretty disappointing. He only played 18. He did start the second half, though. So if he was a starter, if Capella's out, maybe some intrigue there. All right. Let's keep it going here. We've got two to go. Washington at Houston. The Washington Wizards got Russell Westbrook back last game. He only played 25 minutes. Of course, that game was also... Uh, a blowout and they lost by like 22 points. Westbrook was on pace to play about 28, 29 minutes. Beal was on pace to play around 36. Uh, Jerome Robinson came out after 35 minutes. He was on pace to play 38, 39 minutes, but all of the, almost all of them came out with the final three minutes remaining in that game. It was very far out of reach, uh, Alex. So I guess we can start with Russell Westbrook here. We know that, Scott Brooks is not someone that likes to rest his players and and ease them back into action. So honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if Westbrook is back to his normal playing time today. What are your thoughts on him uh, in a road matchup against his former team, the Houston Rockets? Yeah, that one's tough because they announced before the last game that he was going to see about 25 minutes. And then he saw 25 minutes, but as you point out, it would have been surprising if they pulled him in the last three minutes. So I think that um, I guess the report was he's going to play around 25 minutes and that turned into possibly 28. So if we say he's going to play around 30 minutes today, maybe that turns into 33. So that would make him look pretty good. The, um, the team with Rui Hashimura out, Thomas Bryant, had that season-ending injury. Um, And then you have um, 
Davis Bertans out, Mo Wagner is out, pretty much. Oh, Danny Avdija is out. So they're really uh, replacing some of their starters with with guys that aren't really that that good of players, and that will put more of the scoring and ball handling onto Westbrook and Beal. So I think they both look like pretty good options, uh, especially given that Houston, we can't expect them to be a very good defensive team with Cousins as center. So we've got a few guys playing against their former teams today, and I'm sure the narrative, uh, the, the revenge narrative, will fuel a lot of strategies, which, you know, there's no one even in the stands. So I don't know how much we want to read into that. But, you know, Bradley Beal has been – really, really good this season, Alex. I mean, you're getting just monster production from him. Uh, He's attempted 20-plus field goals in nine of his last 10 games. The only game without 20 field goal attempts was 19 against the Chicago Bulls. And, you know, I I understand that you're getting Russell Westbrook back in the lineup once again, but it it, it truly has not made that big of a difference. And I think the, the price here is what we should probably be talking about more so than the anticipated production, because even on the season with Russell Westbrook on the floor, Beal's averaging almost 1.3 fantasy points per minute with a 34% usage rate compared to Russell Westbrook's 23.4 alongside Bradley Beal. Um, is his price to you, is he at a point where you're willing to get there uh, or are there spots that maybe you'll be looking elsewhere? If, there uh, weren't all these injuries. I would look at him at 10K and be like, that. that's kind of high. But because you're taking out Denny Avdia and replacing him with Jerome Robinson, and then you're taking out Rui Hachimura and uh, I'm trying Bert to remember. Bert, uh, yeah, Bert and Oh, yeah. yeah. But the, they're putting Banga in the starting lineup probably again. He's a very low usage player um, on the year. He's at 8.6%. Last year, he was at 10%. So that just means that 10% of the usage uh, between Hachimura and Banga, that 10% difference is going to go to Westbrook and Beal, basically. So I do think Beal is going to benefit from these injuries. Nick says, what do limited fans have to do with revenge against your old team? Um, okay. <laughs> It's the revenge narrative is with Russell Westbrook. If you want to act like that's a real thing, fine. But uh, yeah, not having 20,000 people in attendance going ruckus probably has something to do with it. If there's anything to do with it at all. Uh, But it's, it's totally unimportant at this point. What I'll say is that Russell Westbrook is the type of guy that probably gets pissed off and, you know, is a dominant ball handler. But alongside Beal this year, he really hasn't been. And, you know, he's shooting poorly anyway. So uh, I, I, would, I would rather go to Beal here anyway, even though he doesn't have ties to Houston where he played, what, one year? Yeah, I, it's not something I'm going to read into uh, too much. But, hey, you're the best DFS player out there. How much do you factor in revenge narrative today? <laughs> well, uh, I mean, I factored in a lot. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. 
The Chamba life is for everybody. So go to ChambaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChambaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm locking in Westbrook because he's coming <laughs> off this Houston. Uh, I'm sold. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I think, I mean, this one's just like a silly one because... I mean, it was Harden that wanted uh, this. I guess I'm trying to remember how this all went down because uh, last year, yeah, Westbrook was on the Rockets with Harden, and then um, that obviously didn't end up turning out great. So I would think his revenge would be against Harden, who got traded. So, like, I, I don't know if there's really that much with the organization. All right. David, when we get to the Knicks game, we'll talk about quickly. If you look on the left side of your screen right there, boom, all three games, whichever one is highlighted is the one that we're talking about. Do you have any additional thoughts on Washington here? Just given that, and you named a couple of, or you named them already, but I'll just give it to you guys one more time for those of you that uh, aren't familiar with the, the exact injury scenario here. Mo Wagner, Davis Bertens, Rui Hachimura, uh, Ad, uh, Ad, Avdia, that's a tough one. I always get that wrong. Avdia, uh, Brown, Ish Smith, all of them out. So you got six players out, and you have Haul Neto questionable to play. So uh, we saw, like I mentioned a minute ago, Alex, we saw the rotation get a little bit different just given that blowout. But I think we got a pretty good interpretation of what minutes are going to look like if you then go and extend Russell Westbrook's minutes minutes to assume he's not limited anymore. So given the information we have, is there anyone else here that you think is viable today? Well, I think Jerome Robinson, who started and played 35 minutes, um, I don't think he'll have very good stats starting with Westbrook and Beal, but that kind of minutes is, uh, those are hard to ignore and they are pretty depleted at the wing. So it wouldn't surprise me if you got 30 again. Garrison Matthews also th- saw 34 minutes off the bench. He's been having a pretty good season, to be honest, um, which is surprising because last year he was pretty bad. So <clears throat> those two guys are a little bit intriguing. And then the center rotation between Rolo and Alex Len. Len's on this 10-day contract, so he's kind of filling in for Wagner when – Wagner's out. Len's always been a pretty good permanent producer. And, uh, I mean, him and Rolo both seem like viable options. But with the chalk of all chalk on the slate being at the center position, it might be hard to get to them. So the great thing about this game is we, whether you like or or despise the whole concept of revenge narratives, Alex, it probably won't matter because the Washington Wizards have the second worst defensive rating in the league. They're playing 105.7 possessions per 48. That is by far the fastest paced team in the league. Meanwhile, the Houston Rockets are another team that is playing uh, in the top 10 as far as pace goes. And defensively, they are not a team that you're really particularly worried about given their personnel. So, uh, I just think this is a phenomenal game, regardless of what you're looking at, any externalities, just take this for what it's worth. 
two bad defenses, two fast-paced teams, and a 232-point total, which brings me to John Wall facing his former team in the Washington Wizards. His price on DraftKings has come all the way down to 6900 um, He was underwhelming last time out. Of course, that was his first game back dealing with that, dealing with that, uh, that knee ailment, and it was also a game that they absolutely they want they absolutely blew the doors off Dallas despite not having Christian Wood or uh, Victor Oladipo. But uh, John Wall did it. John Wall's uh, rotation in the fourth quarter. He played three minutes, uh, and then he missed about the final six minutes with them being up by around twenty five points. I think that's pretty significant. What do you think about a sub seven k price point on him? This one's really tough to know exactly what's going on because of that blowout. So I'm looking at their last game. He played eight first half, uh, first quarter minutes. I'd say that's a pretty good sign that his health is good because usually when you have guys that have very limited minutes, they'd play more in bursts, not be out there eight minutes in a row. So then we in the second half or second quarter, he played – he came back in with nine minutes left and he only played four minutes. Now I'm kind of wondering like if this game had been closer, like would he have, um, would he have not subbed out because then he would have been at 17 first half minutes, potentially they were up by like 20 at that point, but I guess they probably wouldn't be playing blowout kind of rotations at that point. So maybe I'm reading too far into it, but the minutes are going to be a huge guessing game today because if he's at 30, I think he's a great play. He's below that. There, uh, He may be a little bit more speculative, especially with Oladipo back. So what what do you expect for, as far as minutes for Wall? Oh, so not, first of all, I would 100 he, – he's going to – and you just broke the rotation down nicely. So in the second quarter – he played four minutes, and he did not play the final, what was it, four minutes of that, uh, five minutes of that qu- uh, quarter, five minutes of the half. That happens a lot, but then they close the game out in a competitive game. So out of the gate, uh, I'm giving him the additional six minutes to bump him up to 27. But I have a tough time believing here that he's not going to play uh, 30 minutes today. I- I- I'm putting him at 30. Uh, I think that's pretty reasonable. He's a plus one per minute guy on a three game slate against Houston in a game that has a monster total. Uh, I'm giving him 30 minutes today. How many are you giving him? Yeah, I'm I'm going back and forth. I think 30 is a good one. I had him at 28 or 27, but now I'm kind of second guessing that. Another factor is this game was three days ago. So that's the extra day coming back compared to most injury situations. So I wasn't even sure he'd be on a minutes limit when he came back. So now I'm kind of second-guessing everything where if he plays 30 minutes, I think he's a great play. If he plays 26, then it's pretty sketchy. So this one's tough. It's very <laughs> tough. Uh, I, I think what you'll see is an extension upon his – his. now, here's a good thing. He played eight minutes, Alex, to start the game. So it's not like it's not like Silas was worried about um, short spurts, and you see that a lot with guys returning from injury. He played an eight-minute rotation. That tells me that what we'll see likely uh, is an extension upon his second-quarter rotation 
where he could probably close that quarter out uh, and then close a close game out as well. But if he only plays 27 minutes, yeah, you're especially given that DeMarcus Cousins is a, you know, Cousins had a 32% usage rate last game. Uh, and you have Oladipo and Eric Gordon. Only 27 minutes from from Wall would be uh, pretty underwhelming for me, uh, and a spot that I think you could you could get away from. But would you agree? We're just gonna unless we have some type of notice uh, that he's not on a restriction, or or we get some type of idea of what he's gonna see. You're just gonna have to take a guess, an educated guess on what his minutes are gonna be. Yeah, I think he's worth guessing on too. Where. And this post-Harden team, he's obviously going to have a large role. Oladipo is coming in in Harden's place, but he's a little bit lower. Uh, he doesn't have as much ball handling usually. So I think John Wall's assist numbers will be very good without Harden in, in the on the team. Rajal Patel says, Alex, thanks for – and apologize if I said your name wrong, brother – Alex, thanks for making the lineup builder tool. I hand build all my NBA lineups, and this tool is amazing. Building with confidence. Thanks, man. You know what I was just thinking? That should be that should be the awesome slogan for people that hand build. Build with confidence. That has a nice ring to it, doesn't it? I like it. Yeah. Thanks, uh, Virgil. I think that uh, I'm glad that you've been liking that lineup builder tool. Yeah, building with confidence. I like it. Awesomeo.com, build with confidence. <laughs> Go to awesomeo.com slash join, by the way, uh, if you want to check out the lineup builder, if you want to t- check out the top stacks tool, the boomer bus tool, which is incredible, uh, the ownership projections, which you hear us reference all the time throughout the show, uh, essentially sustainable uh, winning in DFS at this point without good ownership projections is pretty much out the window. Uh, player projections, all of our premium articles, you mentioned a lineup builder again. Uh, oh, and the Fantasy Cruncher add-on. Alex built all of the, not Fantasy Cruncher, Alex built all of these tools uh, himself, uses them himself uh, to win a lot of money, and so do a lot of our subs. Just check the top of the leaderboards for the Awesomeo logo, and you'll see plenty of them, or the avatar. But uh, if you want to check it out, <clears throat> you want to see what Brazil is talking about, uh, and all of the other people that have you know, had so much success at Awesomeo, go to awesomeo.com slash join. Whether you get an express pass for less than $4 a week or you go all out full investment and you buy the year, all access Awesomeo Plus Platinum for the year or the month, or you want to do a single sport, just NBA, you want to do one single sport that works too, NHL or all of them for the week, for the month, we got you covered. There's something for everyone, no matter your budget or your level of play. So awesomeo.com slash join. If you have any questions, you can hit me up on Twitter at Lafayette underscore D. My DMs are open. I'm happy to answer those questions. I Don't send me six lineups five minutes before lock and ask me to pick one. I, I just, I can't do it. I've tried. I can't do it. Uh, anyway, the uh, there was a comment, I think, that, that makes for a good, a, a good segue here for this game. Our boy Antoine, what's up, Antoine, says, don't load up on Boogie, though. Somebody's usage is going to get cut down. Wall won't get his cut that much since ball will be in his hands the most. Uh, totally disagree with you, and I'll tell you why, and then we'll get your opinion because, well, we need your opinion. I just typed, just typed Antoine into basketball reference. Uh, <laughs> looking to type Cousins into that. But, Alex, he is such a stat box, box sheet stuffer, sorry, easy for me to say, that I don't really care if his usage gets cut down to 
24% because he has a 23% assist rate. He has a 24% rebound rate. He has an almost 5% block rate. DeMarcus Cousins is one of the best statistical DFS centers that we've seen in my lifetime. Uh, and <laughs> he really is like the guy can score in transition. He can shoot threes. He can post up. He can give you put back, uh, put back monster putbacks. He can, he can hit jump shots. He can do everything, right? He can step back, knock him down from 15 feet, knock down threes. Again, play in transition. He can, uh, he can play as the role man in the pick and roll. You name it. He's so good at doing everything that I don't care if his usage comes down a little bit. This guy is spectacular for DFS purposes. I know he's high owned, and maybe you disagree, but 6K Cousins, if he gets those minutes again with Christian Wood doubtful to play, I will load him up every time I get the chance. Yeah, it's it's very difficult, I'd say, like because oh, I guess it's easy because you just play him. But I'm I'm really scared about this play backfiring because I just don't think Cousins is very good. <laughs> I mean, um he has been uh shooting really badly this year at forty four percent true shooting. Oh, you're serious. Yeah, well, no. I thought I, you were I, messing with me. No, I think he's a good fantasy player. I just think he's a very bad, like, real basketball player. Uh, at this oh, I point. don't disagree with. But I, I don't think he's helping teams win basketball games. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I'm, I'm worried that he's not. He, there is a possibility he just gets taken off the court like pretty quickly. But we've been seeing in the past two games he's gotten like huge minutes. And they've now, won both of them. Yeah. Yeah, with Oladipo and Wald back, there's more of a potential he gets his minutes squeezed. But he's, like, so good when he's on the court with – he doesn't shoot well, but he shoots a lot. And then he gets a good amount of assists. Um, that might come down playing alongside Wall and Oladipo a decent amount. But then he's also getting a lot of boards. Uh, his defensive rebounding numbers are some of the highest in the league this year. So, um I think he's a great fantasy player, even though he's seen that price come up. But I'm a little bit worried that he's not a very good basketball player. Okay. I, look, do I think he is the reason they're winning games? No. Uh, I definitely think he's a much better player than you do, and that's where we can agree to disagree. But I, I think the biggest thing for me when it comes to Cousins, and you're right, like as far as shooting goes, no. Uh, he, he's, he's not a good three-point shooter. He, he attempts a lot of shots. He is not shooting well this season uh, at all, but he's a 56% career shooter. He's got a tr- uh, career true shooting percentage of 54%. Is it great? Nah, it's not great for a big, but um, I just look at someone for his career, 19% total rebound rate, great assist, uh, great distributor. He's going to give you assist, blocks, rebounds, steals, and points. I just can't ask for much more than that if he's playing 30 minutes. And they, they just won in blowout fashion against Dallas. They beat Detroit. He played 33 and 30 minutes, respectively. Um, there's just so much that he contributes. And in both of those games, he didn't really do much in the blocks and steals department, which is something he's very capable of doing. So um, I, I at 6K, he'd have to be a lot more expensive than that for for me not to get to Cousins. What are you doing with the rest of Houston, though? Curious on your thoughts as it comes to Oladipo and some of these uh, auxiliary options. Yeah, to be clear, I think Cousins is probably the best price play of the day. I just don't – I'm a little bit worried about locking him in, even though he's 85% owned. So I'm, I'm a little torn, but I think it's probably better to have him. 
Uh, I think Oladipo has been pretty interesting on Houston. He has seen his usage come up. Uh, maybe it'll go down a little bit with Wild out, but he got he's been getting more assists. Uh, it's clear that the the situation in Houston is a little bit better than Indiana, where they had Sabonis and Malcolm Brogdon, who are really the engines of, of the offense, where Oladipo is taking on more of that role now. So I think he's pretty interesting. Um, as far as other guys on the team, I'm not really seeing a ton. All right. Oh, and uh, Daniel House is back today. So that does muddy up the rotation a little bit where maybe we see less Noaba or Sterling Brown minutes. Sounds good to me. No House Advantage is the sponsor of the NBA Strategy Show. It's an awesome site, peer-to-peer player props, where the promo code AWESOMO Get you up to $20 in free play. All you have to do is sign up and use the promo code AWESOMO when you deposit. Refer a friend, get another $5 as well. It's an awesome site where the player props are not just bidding on player props, but it's in contest form. So if there's a prop you really like on a given night, right, you're putting eight of them. You got eight of them that you have, basically like a lineup, but in this case props, in your quote-unquote lineup in the contest And you're putting your highest confidence one at the top. So say there's one you absolutely love. Say uh, say there's Cousins for nine and a half rebounds today or something like that. And you're just all over it. You're taking that, put it as your number one. And you can go from confidence level all the way down because the highest confidence gets you more points down to the eighth one. That's how you build points. That's how you win money in these tournament form contests with peer-to-peer player props. But the best part about this, the best reason to play no house advantage, uh, instead of, you know, always just jumping over to DraftKings FanDuel to grab props, is DraftKings and and, and uh, FanDuel, their props are not static. They move throughout the day based on the action that's coming in on them. Not at No House Advantage. That's where the edge comes in. If everyone's hammering one spot, it doesn't move. Or if you find an edge on one that is stale that hasn't moved and you're lining it up against uh, DraftKings FanDuel or using our entirely free projection tool, uh, over at awesomeo.com for No House Advantage, you can find the edge, find the disparity there, and make good decisions to win real money. So go to uh, check out No House Advantage, download the app, and uh, use that promo code AWESOMO to get up to $20 uh, injected straight into your account when you sign up and deposit and refer a friend. Get $5 upon doing that as well. All right, Alex, two down, last one to go. I think this is probably the one we'll spend the least time on. But uh, I'll kick it off with you, the New York Knicks, on the road against Utah. They are 10.5-point dogs, 213 total, lowest of the slate. What are your thoughts on the New York Knicks today heading into Utah? Well, I think that they've been a pretty appealing team in fantasy this year. But uh, now that the team is fully healthy, I I think that the appeal has kind of worn off. And then you put them on a a matchup versus Utah – that's one of the slower-paced ones in the league, and they're pretty good defensively. So I don't see a ton of in- intrigue with the Knicks tonight, but I think uh, they got some interesting talents on the team. So uh, it's just hard to, to picture playing them in fantasy with so many other good spots. So well, what's your overall take on the Knicks? I think you have a couple of options that stand out as, as semi-decent tournament plays, but it's just simply not a team with all of the good options we have elsewhere that that I feel great about. And, um, you know, I, I agree with you for the most part. It, 
the Clippers have a few guys that I think are still underpriced uh, with, with the three starters off the floor. Atlanta, I don't know what Trey Young's situation is, but you know, would I rather have Trey Young if he plays against the Clippers without Patrick Beverly and Leonard? Uh, or would I rather have a, a more expensive Julius Randle, different position but similar price point, against Utah? That's a very easy decision for me to make. Would I rather have uh, R.J. Barrett at 6,600 or, you know, another one of these these middle-tier guards? I, the This decision to me kind of makes itself, but uh, I, I guess I could ask you about two guys here, and we will get to quickly because he is one of those extraordinarily high-variance options given his minutes uh, and just given the overall flow of the game and, and how he is out of the gate. But with Alec Burks, he, you know, jumped straight back into this rotation uh, after being out for almost a month, played 31, 27, and 27 minutes. Is, is, he, is he good enough a play for you today? And are there any, are there any options that you would consider priorities for the Knicks? I think Alec Burks is interesting. Uh, he got the start last game with Reggie Bullock out. Bullock is out again today. And the backups uh, at that at the wing position are Austin Rivers and Kevin Knox. Austin Rivers has been getting a surprising amount of minutes for the Knicks. But I do feel like they also prefer him over Knox backing up R.J. Barrett. So there should be plenty of minutes for Burks. And as you were saying, he averaged 28 on the year. So he, he looks like he might be a little bit underpriced. He's probably the best play on the Knicks. Um, the problem with Randall and Barrett is with some of these guys coming off injury, their minutes have gone down. Randall's averaged 37 over the year, but now Obi Topin is getting 13 minutes a game. They rarely play on, I don't think they play on the court at the same time. And then Barrett, uh, as they have more wings, he's seen his minutes go down significantly. He's averaged 36 on the year, but the last five, he's at 32 and a half. So I, I do, do think these guys, it's going to take a little bit of time for their salaries to, to come down. And uh, the, the point guard position with Payton and Quickly is especially kind of <laughs> Frustrating because both guys are pretty good permanent producers, but then uh, the minutes are very difficult to predict where Payton's been averaging 29, quickly has been at 18, but quickly came had like 30 points last game. So uh, he has that upside. Yeah, uh, it was insane that Alfred Payton played the entire first quarter and then Emmanuel quickly played the entire second quarter. And then Alfred Payton played the entire third quarter. <laughs> and then Emmanuel quickly played the entire fourth quarter. That's pretty crazy, right? Like that is one of the weirdest rotations you're going to see for sure. Uh, for two guys that are mutually, mutually exclusive, sorry, at the point guard position. If you're projecting that to be the case today, uh, then I would say give me uh, Emmanuel quickly at a discounted price point from Alfred Payton at $5,200 because I think the upside there is significant. And the dude's got a floater game right now that is like really wild. I was so surprised by how good that running floater is in the paint. And he's just getting so much scoring off of it. Uh, He's getting up a decent amount of three-point attempts, shooting 37% from beyond the arc. 
But I, I don't know, Alex. I don't think there are any priorities uh, for the Knicks today. Would you agree or would you say maybe there is? Yeah, I don't think there are. Uh, one trend I'm seeing on this slate is that it's very difficult to find guys that are in the four and three Ks that are worth playing. So one of the few that I'm considering as a decent play is New Orleans Noel, but he does play the same position as Cousins, so that, that makes it tough to get in. But he's been averaging 20 minutes over the last five, playing pretty well. Mitchell Robinson's also intriguing, but a little bit harder to get to today. All right, let's close this one out. Guys, hit the thumbs up, too. If you jumped in late, welcome. If you're listening in podcast form, welcome to you as well. Of course, you guys can listen to all of our shows in podcast form on Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, whatever you want. And if you do, and and that's really your preferred form, or, or you'd like to do that because you want to get away from watching on YouTube or you don't have YouTube premium and you want to put it in your pocket with a screen off, Uh, Leave a review and a rating. It helps us a ton. And, of course, as far as the YouTube channel goes, help us get to 50,000 and subscribe if you haven't done so yet. It's entirely free, and it helps us in a big way. Utah Jazz, Alex. Donovan Mitchell seeing uh, some really solid outings recently, and I think you're going to continue to get pretty significant usage from him on a team that, like, Bogdanovich has been uh, pedestrian at best. Mike Conley's having a good year, but – this is the highest usage, uh, tied for the highest usage rate of his career for Mitchell at 31.5%, highest assist rate of his career at 25%. So uh, he is doing a lot out there. The question is, uh, and you're the man to answer it, with only three games on this slate, is, but, but also a decent amount of high-priced options, is 8,400 reasonable for you, or do you think you might be getting away from that as double-digit favorites against the Knicks? It's a, it's it's reasonable given the usage that you're citing of 31%. That is pretty solid. Uh, so the fact that he's 8K isn't like that shocking, but New York has allowed the fewest points per game this season, which has been a shocker, but that's what we're dealing with. So I do think this matchup versus the Knicks is a negative. So I do feel like a lot of these Utah guys are a little bit overpriced today. All right, so let's just break it down from the bottom to the top. Uh, what are your thoughts on Mike Conley? And if you want to hit on the wings, feel free to get to guys like Bogdanovich too. So um, Mike Conley, he's he's playing three shifts per, per half, which makes it tough for him to see that positive minutes variance to get to the mid-30s. So his minutes are pretty consistent every game, which is a negative for fantasy. But the price is, I mean, it's not exciting. It's just kind of what, whatever. Um, Gobert is kind of intriguing because the Knicks do get blocked a good amount. So uh, he is someone that can put up some blocks. And then uh, we really do need some some value today. So one guy I have a little bit of confidence in, which is more than most, is Joe Ingles. He, since coming back from injury, has only averaged 19 minutes per game. But if you look at the full season, he's at 24. And a lot of times he'd be closing halves over uh, Boyan Bogdanovich or Royce O'Neal. So I do see that potential for him to to see upper 20s in minutes on a good day. So if he's like, he's probably like one of the only 4K players that 
is reasonable today uh, unless we get some more injuries. So I'm kind of looking to him for some value. All right. Derek Favors, by the way, has essentially a questionable tag every single time this team plays. Uh, that is no different today, but uh, he is expected to play with that, you know, banged up knee. Rudy Gobert, I saw some chat about him in uh, in our super chat, in our in our YouTube chat. He's getting, you know, in close games between 30 and 33 minutes. The blowouts, he has come off the court pretty early, which is uh, kind of interesting because that's not something Quinn Snyder did all that much last year. Uh, what are we doing with Gobert in the front court as we close this show out for the morning? So I think uh, Gobert is... He's a good option, but compared to Cousins, who's cheaper and a better fantasy producer, he does kind of pale in comparison. So, I mean, I can see playing both of them, but his position and eligibility, it really limits him today. But objectively, if that if there was no Cousins, I think he'd be a good play. All right. Top options from this game, if any. Um. I think uh, just given the pricing, I think Ingles kind of fills a hole that we need today, even though I don't think he's a good points per dollar play. And then Mitchell is always intriguing, but the price is a little bit high. Well, that'll do it for us. Thanks to our boy Jordan Klein for producing. The man's pulling some serious hours lately. Follow Alex at DFS on Twitter. Myself at Lafay underscore D L O U. G-H-Y underscore D. And be sure to stick around throughout the day. we got a ton of great stuff coming up. The PGA Strategy Show with Ben Rasa, Tim Frank, the NHL Strategy Show with your boys Jake and Cliffy, and then the Deeper Dive and Live Before Lock, 5.30 and 6.30, all the way up to 7.30 Lock. We got you covered throughout the day. Any sport, we got content right here on YouTube. We'll see you guys back here on the next one. It's the NBA Strategy Show presented by No House Advantage.